When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Make sure you download the app and use the promo code CHGO to sign up, just like I did earlier today. Get ready to go. Super Bowl week. We are here. Happy Thursday. Luke Stuckmeyer, Ryan Herrera, Cody Del Mendo. Uh, it's also the NBA trade deadline getting ready to happen uh, in about an hour or less, actually. You know, and guys, I know everybody's probably currently watching the CHGO Bulls podcast live as they're going through the trade deadline. I just want to say I look forward to the day when the Cubs trade for Otani, and it's just as big a story as Kevin Durant getting traded today. That's what I'm looking forward to. If the Cubs trade for Otani, it would be the biggest news in CHGO sports history. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, at this point, yeah. And and easily. (laughs) Easily. There would be no, like – you could not, you could not like, you know, no, no, exactly. no comparison, there's no you argument, compare yeah, it. like, yeah, so I look I love, forward I to that time. day, fellas, I look forward to that yeah. day. As a, as an NBA fan, I, I love this time of the year, but it's like, I always compare it to baseball and it's like, as far as trade deadlines go, nothing compares to baseball. There's the, the, the volume of moves, the, the impact of the moves. I mean, I guess, yeah. I guess the impact is a little different just because basketball it's easier for like a single player to impact the team than baseball, True. but just like the sheer amount of moves and sheer amount of impact moves you get at the, at the, at the trade deadline. And it usually feels like every single team is a part of it in baseball. Like there's nothing like it. So like that last week of July leading up to it is always like nothing compares to it in any other sport. In my opinion, that said, we sat there, Cody and I waiting for the massive trade to come on the trade deadline, right? For the Cubs and, and maybe it did, or maybe it didn't. When you when you talk about the F Rusty Baker's fault, <laughs> I have a feeling the Bulls guys are going to go through the same thing today. They're going to sit here all day waiting for the trade, and then they're going to be left with nothing but the microphone. They're going to run it back. We'll see. Back we'll see. I hope not. But I, well, I feel knowing, like that's the way it's going. Knowing how the Reinsdorfs run things, it wouldn't be the most surprising thing in the world. Yeah, the way the yeah. Bulls are being run, and I again. I see you collotted this. You want Cubs talk? Well, here's a baseball thing. You want to you want to talk about the Bulls and you compare 
to how the White Sox are run, it's so comparable. Like, and, and Jerry has like no say really with the Bulls, and it's so it's it's just the entire family. Like it, it, yeah. the way both organizations are ran, it's it's like in a way it's a blessing that all of us here are Cubs fans. That way we only have to deal with one Reinsdorf team once a year. Because I could I can't imagine being a White Sox and a Bulls fan. I, I and be a Bears fan at the same time. You're just miserable, bro. You're absolutely miserable. At least the Cubs have given us something to celebrate in the last decade. And there's some buzz about this team going to spring training. So I'm not inviting White Sox fans to to hop on the wagon. I'm just saying that, you know, when things are not great here, just remember that. That's right. And there's the the other kind of comparison is like when – you look at what the Bulls are doing. And I, I think we're kind of expecting, like, I, I'll be I'll be shocked. And maybe not shocked is the right word, but, like, I don't know if I'm giving it, like, a full 50-50 or if I'm leaning, like, oh, the Bulls are going to blow it up as they should. Like, they should find, try to find a way to trade Levine or, or DeRozan or whatever it is. Um, I get the feeling they're going to run it back and they're they're going to keep those guys and, and see if they can, you know, try to win with this group, which I think we've seen all season it's it's – you know, anyone that's watched this season, it's it's. But the comparison I give it is when you look at 2021, that Cubs team wasn't going to win the World Series again, right? Like we knew that as as much as those guys were beloved in in Wrigleyville on the north side of Chicago, they weren't going to win with a core of Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo. You know, Kyle Schwarber was already gone by then, but then you know, so they weren't going to win at that point. And as tough as that was to say, it's just after 2016, it wasn't going to get back to that point. So at least the Cubs did what they had to do, right? As yeah. as much as that sucked well, for Cubs some, fans, at least they did I, and blew some it up. Argue, and some argue that the record was about nearly the same as the Atlanta Braves at the time, and that team went on to win the World Series. So, yeah, I just I agree. They, yeah, I agree with they, what they, you're they went on an eleven game losing streak. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the Braves were coming up. Okay, the Braves were coming I, up as the Cubs. They were made coming. a bunch of like minor deals and then somehow turned into the best team in the game in October. Like that's just baseball, man. But, I, but again, I agree you should, they, what they did was the right move, even though I still think keeping one would have been okay as well, but whatever. Why are we just, talking what they had I, I'm just saying, I think the Cubs have a trade coming up in the next year and a half. That will be bigger than anything you will see going down in the NBA trade deadline right now including Kevin Durant going to the Suns because who really cares about the Suns? Sorry, PHNX. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I just believe they have a, they have a monster trade eventually coming. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to see what it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be the right trade or the wrong trade, but I think we're going to be in a position to sit here in the next year and a half and talk about a trade that will go down in Cubs history as either a big win or a big loss. And either way, it's going to be fun. I'd prefer to be the big win because that would be more fun. Um, Today's show, uh, we're going to talk about our position evaluations. We'll continue that. We'll go third base and starting pitcher today. And uh, I have one little nugget at the end to throw at you. Cody also wants to talk about another top 100 list that's out. Always got one of those, right? Right? Do you or don't you? I mean, whatever. A little bit. We can talk about it. Yeah, I, yeah. We'll, we'll see what we get. Come into Slack, and we're supposed to be talking talking about Hayden Wisniewski today, and we weren't able to get the the the, the file cr- like right for the show. So we're gonna save it for right. next week. Next and week. So we know 
this is this this show is prime example of how good we are at our jobs because we just you know we're we're versatile, Luke. Like we just that's right. We the switch. switch and here we are. We're doing. And this. now we got a big teaser for when pitchers and catchers report. We've got the West Nesky interview oh, yeah. ready to go for it. Yeah. See, now we've set up next week to be the biggest week in CHGO Cubs history. It's to be massive. That's we've set it up for. Um, all right, let's start with third base because I kind of put it in the title. I think personally that there's a chance third base is the Achilles heel for this team if you say they're not going to get to the postseason, whether it's a wild card winning division, where I think that the weakness could come on this team. Now, it might be not enough power. It might be they're not good enough at another position. But I think the biggest questions still come at third base. I hope that Christopher Morrell is the answer to those questions. The only concern I have about Christopher Morrell at third base is not whether or not he'll provide enough power. He had, I think, 16 home runs as a rookie last year. Maybe wisdom gives you some, but it was the defensive stuff, right? Mm -hmm. It was how he played defensively at third base. Will he be good enough to keep him over at third and let him develop his offensive game as well? Do you see a, a way that this could be I, – I don't want to say an X factor because there's a 1,000 of them on this team, but do you think it's a key position for the team this year? Well, yeah, I definitely think it, it – like you said, it, it could be the Achilles heel. Um, I think if the Cubs are in it in July, like, you know, whether it's in division or second wild card spot, whatever, I'm not saying go out and trade for – the best third baseman in the game, but you might need to go get some help. Like I, I think, you know, just, and I only say that because no matter what we know, this team's ceiling for this year. So I'm not telling you to go shell the farm uh, for a, a big name at, at that position. Um, of course, I don't know the third baseman on the free, free agent market off the top of my head going into 2024, but I'm just saying that I think go, getting some, some depth there could could help even you know wisdom and and morell they're fine like it could it could turn out to be very good if morell takes a step next season and if wisdom can get back to playing defense like he did in 2021 like i still don't understand how he went from being a pretty average to above average defensive third baseman to just not good last year i i, yeah. I don't understand that because he 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 showed that he can be a, a very solid defensive third baseman that brings you power. Like, that's the one thing that they'll both do. You want to talk about how this team doesn't have a lot of power, at least all the critics do. Well, at third base, they actually they do have some decent power if you mm -hmm. look at it. Like wisdom might lead the team in homers, or at least be top five in homers on the team. And Morel, like you said, hit 16 last year. It's just are we sure that they're gonna do those things? No, we're not. So, yeah, it, 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 it's kind of like what we said about center field yesterday and how, like, it could be great and it could be really bad. So I hope we get a little bit of the middle. That way the Cubs are in position to potentially maybe make a trade for a third baseman at the deadline or, you know, something of that sorts. So trade, trade. Did you say trade? Manny Machado, trade? <laughs> Hey, if it's Manny Machado, yeah. sure. I mean, I I don't know. I don't, again, I don't know any of the main the the main names on third base at the third base uh, market for free agents in twenty twenty four off the top of my head. But 
like we can't sit here and 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 sugarcoat it, Luke. Like we know that this is probably the weakest position on the team, and you know, you know, they got some guys on the farm too, but they they're not highly touted. I, I, so I don't know, but I, I I will say that I would like to see Morrell just play third base regularly. So like, if you don't have any injuries in center field, you're going to see him mainly at third. I'd love to see him play third consistently and see if he can fix those uh the throwing issues he, he can field the ball mm-hmm. it's the throwing across the diamond that he has struggled with that's why watching him play short and second was actually like oh wow he he can do this um so you, i feel good about him actually fielding the ball at third it's more about can he make the throws across the field across the diamond to first base like consistently and if he can do that then i think that he can you know be a very solid third baseman for the cubs this year and i don't think it if if that is the case if we get that version of christopher morell then i don't think that third base will be the biggest need at the deadline then but i just don't know if it'll happen and that's why i have questions yeah he had according to Statcast, he was in the 99th percentile in arm strength morell um you know part of that obviously comes from his throws from the outfield um definitely boost it but even then it's like you know he has a strong arm Anyone with a strong arm, like that's what you need at third base. You, like that's the biggest arm on the infield. You know, one of the best arms on the team is going to come from third base. So he has to have the arm strength. It's like Cody said, it was the can he make the can he make accurate throws across the diamond, <laughs> right. which is what he struggles with, right? Yeah, accurate so, throws. That's what I want. Yeah. So if he can start to figure that out, and maybe that comes with more consistency at third base. Again, he played like every position he could possibly play last year. So, you know, he's changing the arm strength, the arm angle, whatever it is, you know, playing second, playing shortstop, playing outfield. If he gets a lot of time at third base and just gets more consistency making those throws every single day, I think you could start to see him think, you know, find that accuracy that, that you need at third base because he has the arm strength. That's there and that's going to be there. If he can get more consistently, just keep, you know, that muscle memory of making those throws from third base, I think you could see a really big improvement from him from, you know, the accuracy standpoint. Um, and then in that sense, it's like if if he can kind of find that form that he had the first couple months of the season, you know, before he started going down, uh, if he can kind of get back to where he was to begin the year last year and kind of just stay there, even improve upon it. But, you know, you know, get on base at a high clip, limit the strikeouts a little bit, um, hit for power. If, if you can have all that stuff at the plate and give you better defense than he had last year, like you're looking at the answer at third base, maybe, maybe not like long-term, but at least for this year, because that's a productive, solid player on both sides of the ball. And that's mm-hmm. at this point what the Cubs are looking for. They don't know if they have that with Morrell. Don't know if they have that with Patrick wisdom. They obviously don't know if they have that with like Zach McKinstry. There's a lot of questions as Luke has been saying questions at third base, but if Morrell can start to do that, or if, you know, if wisdom can cut down on the strikeouts and, you know, put the ball and play more often while keeping the power going. And he can discover that, you know, defensive form he had in 2021. Then you're starting to talk about like, hey, that Cubs actually have good, cheap third basemen. They may not have to worry. About, no, no, I won't say that. Like, they should still try to go out and, and get the best third baseman they can get. They want to have the best players they can get at every position, right? But then if morale and wisdom start to figure it out, maybe that spot on the roster starts to get down, you know, go down the to-do list a little bit versus being like kind of near the top. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think – what I heard from the two of you were a lot of ifs. 
And it's the one position yeah. where it takes me back a year ago to all of the positions where we were like, well, if, well, if, and I, I feel like third base is maybe the biggest if on the team. Um, but there is depth there too. Like yep. center field is another one where we can say if because of Bellinger, but at least third base has more depth than center field. I'll give it that. You have the four M's, right? You have wisdom and then you have the four M's. You have Morrell, who's the youngest option and has the versatility to play other places. But then you have Master Boney, you have McKinstry, and dare <laughs> I say Madrigal before them. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, yeah, I don't know all. if I don't know if any of any of those choices would thrill most fan bases around major league baseball, but they sure have some options. I, I don't know if any are great options, but they have built up depth to where they can at the very least continue to rotate in and out until they hope they find a hot bat. I don't, I don't yeah, hot bat yeah. or, or the best defender. I don't know what you to be. I'll say this about wisdom. Like, you know, Colada says wisdom equals home run or strikeout 400 at bats, 200 strikeouts. Like, yeah, that's kind of, that's, that's kind of what he's been. Right. Yeah. Um, I'll say this though. Like I, I'm cautiously optimistic about his approach heading into 2023 because the lineup's significantly different and they're not asking him to be the middle of the order guy. I think that, if you put him in a somewhere between six and eight in that lineup, he can, he can give you the value of the type of player he is, which is just a very solid role player because we talk about all the time. Remember last season where everyone was like DFA wisdom, like in April. And then, you know, then he, his strikeout rate started to come down and you saw the value that he brought in terms of his, his bat. And, Actually, you know, he's leading the team in homers. And, you know, again, there's – I'm not saying he's great. I'm not saying that he is, uh, you know, one of the best third basemen or power hitters in the league. I'm just saying he's a very solid role player. I think think of guys like – I, you know, it's not necessarily the position, but when I think of him, I think of guys like Adam Duvall or something like that. Like he's just – they're just solid role players who can hit. And so when you add the better talent in this lineup now compared to last year and you put wisdom, you know, in the middle towards the bottom of that lineup, there is not nearly as much pressure on him to, you know, drive runs in. So I think that could be a plus for him in terms of becoming a better hitter. Um, Yeah, he led the league in strikeout rate last year. Like, obviously, you don't you you don't want that. Right. Yeah. I will say though it was lower than the year before. He was he's striking out forty percent of the time in twenty twenty one. Then, like I said, I think it was around thirty three percent last year. So if he can even cut it down to like twenty nine, I think that's a win for him. And if again, if you're if they're able to hit him in parts of the lineup that I think benefit just like who he is at this point in his career, then I think yeah, he can be a very solid role player. And honestly, like. He's your he's a prototypical DH in today's game, honestly. Like, I, I don't I, I don't see a problem in having him. Now, do I want him getting 600 play appearances? I, I, I don't know. But I'll just say that I think that looking at him cautiously optimistic is, is okay going into this season because yeah. we've seen worse players come through this organization. 
I do think that the last Cubs, couple of years. depending yeah. on what they get out of other positions, that may allow them to shift their plan, whatever it might be, over at third base. Okay, so if if Bellinger gives you all-star level play in center field and he gives you the power and you get a little bit from Mancini too, or, or Mervis breaks through and, and provides some power, or you start getting more from Saya, more power, or you start getting more power from Horner and you get what Dansby Swanson gave you last year, then maybe you don't, you don't need the wisdom bat at third base, or you don't need Morrell to provide that power. They can go back to being role guys and then you can shift to who's going to give me the best defensive infield, right? Yeah. Like that, that potentially mm. could come right now on paper. We keep saying still, maybe they lack a little power. So that's why instead of if, if, if McKinstry is your best option or master Boney is your best defensive option at third base, I don't, and I don't know if that's the case. I'm just saying it, it allows them some versatility depending on how things unfold at other positions. It okay. we'll see how it goes, but right now I can't give third base anything higher than a C minus. Yeah. You can't, I can yeah. maybe give it a passing grade, but I don't know if I really should give it a passing grade I, going into I don't, it. In fact, I don't, I, I I don't think C so. C minus is too high. It's too high. You have to give it at least a D. Yeah. I would say yeah. like D D plus range is where I'm at just because again, it, it's one of those that like, we could project what they're, what these guys could do or, you know, yeah. say if these things happen, they could be better. It's kind of like what we talked about with Cody Bellinger, right? It's like, yes, you can you can kind of see where things could get better, but since they haven't yet, how can you you can't say that, right? You can't say they're they're even an average. You can't say this is an average position group because they weren't really average position group last year, right? Like, so you can't right. really even give them a C. Um, yeah. I, I do think there's ways that you know wisdom can improve and, and morale can improve. And the way I look at it is. Not many teams have all nine. Their, their entire lineup is full of, of their nine set it and forget it guys, right? Like there are most teams are going to have a group where you're like, eh, I don't feel like great about it, but that's also like my number nine position, right? Like everyone else right. is set, right? If you even if you have, you know, above average production from morale and wisdom and whoever else plays third base, like you'll take that because you don't know for sure that they can be above average. So right now I'm kind of with you, Luke, in that probably like a D plus range is where I'm at just because they didn't, you know, improve the position group from last season. They have the same names who had, you know, weren't great defensively, had some good offense, but you know, the, the, the defense dragged them down and they didn't do anything really to improve it. Can they improve that grade throughout the season? Of course they can. I think they have the potential to but right now heading into the season. We can only evaluate that based on what they did last year. And that's where I'm at with them. Yeah. I mean, so I said yesterday, 280, 280 and 30 bombs this year for Morel. <laughs> Dustin, if that happens with, with Morel, you have your answer at third base. Like, yeah. He hits 280 yeah. and hits 30 bombs, and he, he can two-bounce it over to, to first base every time for all I care. If, if he hits 280 he and hits 30 bombs, you got yourself an all-star and just the biggest fan favorite in the city of Chicago if if, yeah. if Christopher Morel does that. Um, but going off what you guys were saying, yeah, I'd probably go deep a D – you know, I went B on center field yesterday because I just think Bellinger and potentially Morrell and whoever else that mm -hmm. would be playing center field is still better than what the Cubs had last year. And I don't care what you say about Rafael Ortega, Ryan. And um, Bellinger's done it, Cody. Like, yeah. the guys at third base haven't shown us that they can right. be 
the highest. He did have a better year had. than Morel last year. That's all I said. He had a better oh, yeah, year for sure. The last but couple at least, years. It, at least there's way, something to look at and say, well, this could this happen. Guy's highest right? ceiling. They is definitely there. improved center field defensively, and when you're building a team based off, uh, fully based off pitching and defense, then. I'll yeah. give it a better grade than that. Now at third base, like you guys said, they they didn't do anything to change third base up. Like they didn't they didn't go get guys like I I, I was interested in like Brandon Jury. They didn't they didn't he was so cheap. They got him for, whoever took him got him two years eighteen million. There there was plenty of guys. They could have traded for Devers, even though I don't think I guess now you can probably say the Red Sox were never going to have that. I all I know is that. Like you guys said, they didn't do anything to change third base. So, yeah, based off what we got last year from those guys, you know, it's a big – like it only improves if some of those guys – I'm not even asking for a breakout. I'm just asking for average. Give me average offense with better defense from a combination of those four, and, you know, they ain't going to be the reason you're losing, I guess. Niren says half-price Javi at the trade deadline. Okay, well, let's we'll- – Float out there, and that's we'll finish off the first segment. Javi, trade deadline, possibly your third baseman late in the season. We'll see how that goes. What they need is an absolute meat stick over at Ooh. third base. Green Ridge <laughs> Farm, by the way, is a local meat and cheese company offering you a better all natural option. Makers of all natural deli meat sausages and their famous meat sticks, perfect for tailgating, happy hour, and school lunches. These all natural meat sticks are hardwood meat. smoked for eight hours. 16 grams of protein per stick. They make a perfect post-workout snack. Meat sticks come in chicken, black forest beef, jalapeno cheddar, and spicy chili. I like the chicken one. Uh, Delicious because they've been made from recipes generations in the making. And being all natural, they deliver a fresh, flavorful alternative at snack time. You'll find them in the refrigeration section at Costco, Sam's Club, all of your Chicagoland grocery stores right now. And right now, when you order... Three meat products at GreenRidgeFarm.com include a pack of meat sticks, and they are absolutely free just by using the promo code CHGO at checkout. Green Ridge Farm, simply natural meat. Now, on Sunday, you know, everyone loves going to the Super Bowl parties, and you can bring some Green Ridge Farms with you. Bring those oh, meat that's sticks. That's a great idea. Who's not going to welcome that at the door? Right. You walk in, you walk in with a bunch of meat sticks to the Super Bowl party, and you, I think you'd yeah. be the everyone's favorite there. And at this Better point, than bringing in uh, the seventh dip, right? Yeah. The Why bring dips when you can bring meat dip, sticks? You show up with a bag full of meat sticks. Yeah. Show up with meat sticks. Bring some Goose Island with you as well. And bring your phone because DraftKings Sportsbook is where you want to be for the biggest game of the year outside of the Cubs winning the World Series. Are you ready? For the biggest Sunday in sports, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57, has all the Super Bowl action you need. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get in on the Super Bowl 57 excitement with DraftKings Happy Hour Super Boost. I tried to do this uh, ad earlier this week, so bear with me. Check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day between 6 p.m. to 9 p.m., Eastern time. I'm just going to say it that way because I'm really bad at the time zone. So f- five, five to eight central. Thank you, thank you. Our Ryan. time, Chicago time, what, five to eight. What, what would Way we do math, without right? you? <laughs> yes, Tune in at the, between those times to see what prop bet will be boosted on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Uh, like I said yesterday, I'm taking the Eagles. 
that's it. That's what I'm doing. I also kind of like the novelty of an offensive lineman to score a touchdown from a pass, uh, which is boosted. I think that might happen. Which is at like plus 3,500 because I think Jason Kelsey and Travis Kelsey both score in this game. One, because of mm. the uh, the reason to believe that this shit is actually scripted. Uh, and also, you know the NFL would just love this story. So uh, uh, Travis Kelsey's like minus 130 to score. Jason Kelsey, yeah. the offensive lineman for the Eagles, it would be um, pretty on brand for the NFL if he actually scored. You can get it at plus 3,500. Uh, I don't see him running it in, so I, I think I, I think I, they throw I, it to him somehow, some way. So get, Yeah, get, getting a center uh, a touchdown may be – a little too difficult, but I guess, it might be. I, I don't know. I don't but know. Plus thirty five hundred. Don't bet. But don't bet the house on it. Just you know, speak, we'll sprinkle. Speaking Five of DraftKings, Cody. Speaking of DraftKings, we ha- I have to bring this up because I just saw it. I don't know if uh, they had the odds on Devin Nestor to be elected to the Hall of Fame today. But if it was say it was a pick'em, right? Say it was a pick'em. What would you have bet? Yes or no? Would you have bet on him to get no. elected or uh, not? Well, I would have bet yes, but based off what I've read on Twitter today, it looks yeah. like I should have bet no. So yeah, Brian Urlacher said in our Bears show, CSGO Bears show, uh, that he also heard Devin Heister did not get into this year's Pro Football Hall of Fame. Class, mm, I got thoughts is, on that. Let me finish the rest of this ad. Which is a travesty. Uh, it's a travesty. But done with the ad. Yeah, let me finish the ad. Download the sport the DraftKings okay. Sportsbook app and use code CHGO. New customers can bet five dollars on Super Bowl 57 and get two hundred dollars in bonus bets instantly. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And may I say that my transition into this was Luke Stuckmeyer esque, and I feel very proud about it. Thank you was very nice and the transition out is perfect which is why i have in our rundown the devin hester story like oh. is he here here's what i say he's not it sounds like he's not getting in right everybody's saying he's not getting in tonight to the hall of fame so right. i transition it cody you can give us your rant on hester hall of famer not hall of famer <laughs> which cubs player should get more respect like I, I do think that devin hester if he doesn't get in it's it's a lack of respect from other people saying, well, he's a special teams guy. He does when you tried to play him at wide receiver, special teams guy. And, and those people generally believe that special teams players just don't belong in the Hall of Fame, whether it's Ray Guy, whether it's Adam Vinatieri or whoever, Robbie Gold someday, Cody Parkey, uh, whoever <laughs> you might say. Why would you say that guy's they, name? They would say Devin Hester doesn't play a real position. He's not offense or defense, so you can't put him in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I would say that is slightly disrespectful to a guy that did impact the game greatly. So which Cubs player currently do you think deserves more respect than he's getting? Well, you know, if we want to go recent, I think based off who we've seen get into the Hall recently, I think for the Hall of Fame, is there a Cubs player on the roster that you think around the league or from us just doesn't oh, get no. the not Hall of Fame wise? Just just Hall of Fame wise. Yeah, uh, we can go with that I was about to make the there. argument that John Lester is a Hall of Famer, but uh, a player on the Cubs right now that doesn't get the respect. 
Rodney Danger, mm. the Rodney Dangerfield of this Cubs team, who gets no respect, no respect. I was going to say Ra- Rachel said in the chat, but I was even thinking it. Nico, Nico, if you're yeah. if you're looking at it from the sense of the uh, that one, the top ten second baseman yep. list. Oh yeah, Nico's like, number one on that list, not getting any damn respect. If, the fans it felt knew. like he should have been on there somewhere, and the fact that he wasn't, yeah. that's one thing. That, yeah. That's the first name that popped in my head. Stroman is maybe another too. one. Yeah. Have a good argument, but he got the respect of an all, you know, going to the All Star game. He's an All Star and a gold glove, so he is being respected around the league in that way. But I, I would agree that it might, if I had to pick one guy, I'd probably say Nico. Yeah, Nico. I can't think of a pitcher because a lot of them are still are so young or, or unproven. Still, I will say that like the projections for Keegan Thompson that we talked about this yeah. week, like the steamer projections for him are flat out disrespectful. Steamy, they should, like, steamy. Steamy. Yeah, they, they they made they make my steam come out of my ears when I saw him. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I think a, you could you could argue that a lot a lot of the projections for a lot of guys for this Cubs team are disrespectful i mean even justin Steele's numbers were like that they project are un- disrespectful um and in some aspects like again they're they're just projections and whatever but i'm just saying yeah i mean that's one thing that i've noticed from from those types of things this offseason cubs aren't really getting a lot of respect but then somehow you know the vegas is setting the over underline at like 78 so if those guys have those types of project, uh, if they live up to those projections, I don't see the Cubs winning seventy-eight games. If if Keegan Thompson finishes the year with a ERA over four in sixty-four appearances and you know an F four of zero point four, like he's he's going to be a big part of that bullpen, in, in my opinion. Like, I, so yeah, if I wasn't going to say. Nico, I guess you could name a handful of players, I think, just based off the projections that these websites are coming up with. Yeah, I think if you look at, we talked about Saya yesterday and the the numbers that Luke so happened to put together for us in a nice little package between him and Acuna, the the, the comparisons, like, that's a little bit like, underrated. Like, you don't think of Saya in, like, even the same stratosphere of Ronald Acuna. No. But the numbers last year showed that they may not they at least last year itself they weren't very far apart like is that something that Saya could like be a, a guy like that he may not reach that level of Acuna but can he start to kind of close in on that like you never know like that's another guy that may be underappreciated because he didn't have this all-star season he hasn't been in, in major league baseball for a while but we know he was an awesome player in Japan he was a gold glove defender in Japan like that's one thing it's like the, like maybe like the number two uh, baseball league in the world and he was a hell of a player in there maybe that's where you kind of underappreciate what he did there and kind of you know you, you don't really think that maybe it won't translate or you think oh like he, he didn't have that great of a year well you know what he's 28 years old just completed his first year of major league baseball was solid by all you know by rookie year standards is he being underappreciated in a sense like uh, that's another name that pops into my head yeah uh, Barbie's Maybe asking, do I mean Swanson. lack of respect in terms of long-term deal by the team? No, I just, I just mean around baseball or around in in Cubs Twitter, anywhere you want to say, is somebody not getting enough respect? Are they being underappreciated? And I, like I just so said, I feel like say Kyle Hendricks. I think he gets it around the league. I think people around the yeah. league appreciate what Kyle Hendricks is. Um, yeah. And, and has been, but maybe he's not as popular of a name 
I, I think Kyle Hendricks gets respect. I really do. I, I think you get you saw it from Marcus Stroman when he came in and said, "No, Kyle Hendricks is the opening day starter." Even though I'm the big addition to the team, that's a teammate right there showing the respect for yeah. Kyle Hendricks. So yeah. I think he gets it. I just think that the the respect that Nico gets is pretty contained to Chicago mm. and pretty contained to the north side of Chicago. Yeah. I, you know, I, I kind of said Dan Swanson there. It kind of, because like he was looked at as like the worst of the four shortstops. Like, and you know, yeah. I, I don't know. Like I was pretty happy that the Cubs got him. I, I know there's Cubs fans out there that still rather would probably have one of the other three, but I think he might have a little bit of a chip on his shoulder coming into year one, which is not something you see from a lot of first-year free agents signing seven-year contracts. Yeah, yeah seven-year, nine-figure contracts. Yeah. yeah. Well, he got the respect of some cash. Some for sure. Cash. For sure. Like, there's and his respect. It's not that he. It's not that he has really much to prove into what he, how he earned that contract. It's just, I don't know. I think that. I guess for him to get full respect for being one of the best shortstops in the league, I think he offensively he has to put together a few more seasons like he did last season yeah. with mm-hmm. the Braves, and then he really would be considered someone like that. I think I think around the league people see Swanson as a a great defensive shortstop who, you know, I guess emerged late as a hitter, and whether you respect if you get respect or not from around the league, I, I don't know. I, I think he has respect around the league based off what we've heard about him, but maybe from a fan, like a fan perspective, a lot of people don't necessarily think he's one of the top shortstops in the league. And just based off what I've seen on social media or, you know, the reaction to the Cubs signing. I'll yeah. deal with that. Well, should we evaluate uh starting pitcher? Because if, for me, if third base was the Achilles heel or the biggest um question like mark. Shout, yeah yeah like yeah. i said center field's got the biggest range of boomer bust for the cubs third base has more depth but i think it's a bigger question mark than center field is i would say starting pitcher is the best spot on the cubs like i i i actually feel best about the rotation maybe it's maybe it's shortstop maybe it's second base but I can certainly make an argument for you in starting rotation. And that's why my grade is B plus for the rotation. It's not an A because we have no. to see what they do. But I love the addition of Tyone. I think uh, Stroman gives you dependability. And they may not have – they probably don't have the ace that you would – attach an a grade to a rotation some teams have yeah. two aces where you attach the a um if, if i had to grade them against the brewers i can't grade them as high as the brewers but they do have seven eight nine names where i feel pretty good about that guy going to the mound no matter who he's going against on the other team so i i wrote down these names you tell me who i'm leaving off stroman tyone Steele, smiley and then probably fifth starter with Hendricks Hurt, Wesneski or Sampson, right? Sampson. I mean, you got Assad in there. Right. So Assad. Assad. Who else? Oh, Killian. If, Potentially. Killian's out. He is in the 40 man. So, like, in a pinch, like, they could bring him up. I think Keegan? I would say, I would say Keegan and Adbert because they mm-hmm. have that experience. Uh, but I do believe from what I've heard and the conversations I've had that the Cubs are just looking to 
make them full-time relievers. Like maybe spot start here and there, but like keeping them as part of rotation is probably, it might not be in the books for them anymore. I think the Cubs really like what they have, uh, what what those guys bring out of the bullpen. And so at least definitely to start the year, that's probably where they're going to be at. And then, you know, as baseball happens, right? So the injuries may pile up again, like they did last year. And then one or both of those guys are forced to go back in the rotation. But I think, uh, I think you can include them in that group because as far as spot starts go or guys that could capably start at the big league, like they, you could also probably include those two names. Uh, but as far as like the outlook for the rotation, I don't know that I'd, I'd definitely include them as far as like these guys are going to have at some point be in the rotation this year. It's a weird little dynamic just because of the expected roles for them this year. Yeah. Um, you but said that brings it up to like 10 or 11 potential names right like guys that could if if you need someone to start a game like those guys could it's good depth it's not great depth right like it has the chance to develop into great depth depending on which young guys develop and 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 improve and show that they can take that spot like if Wesneski grabs the reins and becomes way better than a fifth starter this season and you look at him and say wow he could be a two or three on some teams and he has a breakout season all of a sudden, everybody shifts down from there, and you can look at this rotation and start to say, "Okay, they're they're a name away, they're mm-hmm. they're they're two yeah. names away." Right now, they have good depth, not great depth, and they have a chance to prove that they have great depth if guys develop. Yeah, I mean, right now you you look at their top three: Steele, Stroman, and Tyon. You feel pretty good in terms of being able to eat innings, go deeper into games, which was a big problem they had last year. And then you got Drew Smiley and Adrian Sampson, Kyle Hendricks eventually. Yeah, they got great depth. I didn't even get to Javier Assad and, and, and Keegan Thompson or Aberdazzle. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, the depth is great. And they had the second best earn run average in baseball in the second half last year. So you're, you're, you're bringing some momentum from that com- coming into this year. And, uh, you know, barring injury, yeah, I mean, I think that the rotation, I feel really good about it. Yeah, they don't really have a number one. They don't have a guy like Jacob DeGrom that can go out there, strike out 10 to 12 guys every single start and just completely shut a lineup down. No, a lot of teams don't have that, though, to be honest with you. And, um, you know, kind of like like I said with the other ones, like you look at the rotation going to last year, there's questions. There wasn't a lot of depth. Um, it was the biggest reason why that team was so bad in the first half. And if they're bad again in the first half this year, I just don't think it's going to be because of the pitching this time. If they're, if they're bad, it's because they ain't scoring runs in my opinion. So um, I, I, I'm with Luke here, B plus, because I, I think they improved the problems they had in it. And uh, there's definitely reason to believe that they could, that that could go higher because I've said it a few times already. I think Tyon can be better than what he's been in recent years. Now that he's another year off of Tommy John and the Cubs pitching infrastructure, getting, uh, you know, the pitch lab, whatever, like they're getting their hands on him to see, you know, to make, to make him better than he already is. Uh, I think that like the defense should make him better too, Cody. Yeah. The The, defense defense uh, should make most of these guys better this season. Right. And, and Wesneski, like Luke said as well. I mean, he is a he is a big wild card here in terms of how many wins this team could could have. And you know, there's there's some guys on the farm too that I, I'm not saying they're come up and, and be major contributors, but you know, if we see Jordan Wicks 
in the in the in the in the middle of the year or even dj hers or or someone like that you know maybe killian finds his command finally and like then you're really talking about some some like some real studs in this rotation especially if some injuries happen yeah i mean the the sky's kind of the limit for the rotation. If, I think that should be the number, honestly, probably the number one thing we should all be excited about going into 2023 outside of just the defense from the, the infield, especially. So, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, Luke, would you give it, you give it a B plus? I gave it a B plus. And I'm curious, Ryan, if you think yeah. uh, like strikeout power, like, like developing some guys that can strike guys out more, if that would be the thing that might impact this, these grades more than anything right I, i'm curious yeah. what your grade is but i'm also curious if you think that developing guys that can do miss bats will be the thing that would push them from a b b plus to like shooting towards baseball elite well i think that's part of it um i, I like i agree in, in the sense that they have you know they don't have that ace number one guy when i mean you look at it, it's hard to compare it to 2016 because that you know that was a really really good team of course like they had two maybe even three number one guys on that in that rotation right the cubs don't have one right now really right. um you can argue stroman or tyone might be like a number two kind of guy but that's they're missing that top tier starter they don't have that so that that limits their ceiling in a sense um but as far i mean they have you know steel is a big you know uh you know low barrel <clears throat> low barrel rate excuse me um low strikeout rate kind of guy right Marcus Stroman, ground ball, low strikeout kind of guy. Kyle Hendricks, when he's healthy, is a he's a ground ball, low strikeout guy. They have a lot of those guys that keep the ball on the ground, but also don't strike out a lot of guys. And uh, I know Brendan has talked about that in the past. That if you have the ability to just make guys swing and miss, that limits like your your margin for error, right? Or that expands your margin for error because if you're pumping fastballs by guys, or you just have wipeout sliders then you can maybe miss here and there because you can always come back with it or there's still competitive misses, right? Mm-hmm. When you have just guys that are, that rely on command and keeping the ball on the ground, then that, that margin for error slims back down. So they have a lot of those guys in the rotation right now, you know, th- you know, in the, who will, who will be in the rotation to start the year and even their depth. Um, so that's, yeah, that, that hurts the grade in my opinion. I'm probably more in like the B minus range. Because they don't have that swing and miss ability, really. For for I mean, like you know, guys like Wisniewski have that uh, with the slider. Um, they don't have a ton of velocity, which hurts, and they don't have that ace number one starter. I think that their ceiling is limited. I think I love the depth that they've built. I think you have at least a good eight names that you feel comfortable being in the rotation. Uh, but I, so I think the floor is high because of that depth. I just I don't think the ceiling is as high as it could as it could be. And the Cubs are, are obviously building toward. Yeah, that's I mean that's point. true. I, I agree. The floor the floor's much higher than it's been in a long time, and until certain guys develop, the ceiling will be what it is. Yeah, I, I do think while you don't want a whole rotation of Kyle Hendricks, it's funny that when he was you know in the running for Cy Young and he's taking the Cubs to the World Series and he's pitching game seven. He still didn't have any of those things. And so it doesn't mean that that type of pitcher can't be really can't be your ace. He can. That guy can still be your ace if he's really elite at what he's doing for that season. But what you're saying is the margin of error is improved by having incredible stuff. Do you think do you think this rotation is better than St. Louis's? 
I have to take a look at St. Louis. I don't I, think it's I don't think it's better than the Brewers rotation because oh, no. they it's don't definitely not better than the Brewers. Power. Not by That's a lot. Say Brewers. We all know. <laughs> yeah, but I but I think they're I, I think they can be as. Jack Flaherty, you you don't know what you have in the yeah. guy. Like he has better stuff than a lot of guys on the Cubs. Do I see that he is a guy that could be an ace? Yes, but he can never stay healthy, yeah. never. And and I don't know. I, I could see it could be comparable. It's just different, right? I I think they yeah. have they have a different type of rotation, but it doesn't mean it's necessarily better. Well, yeah, one of the best defenses in the league last yeah. year, which really helped the rotation out. You know, they're basically bringing back the same team again. Um, yeah, I think when I think when I look at it, I look at you know Miles Michaelis had a had an All Star season last year, but he's also like I think he's like thirty three. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's another one. It's like he's a year older. Can he, you know, can he keep that two hundred innings going? last year too? Yeah, I yeah, exactly. Can he do that again? Right, he's getting older. Can he keep doing that? Um, Adam Wainwright's pitching again, and he has that whole. It's my last season. Like maybe he finds something extra. Um, but he also, I think he had a really bad second half, if I'm not mistaken. Like, at least the last couple months, like, was, was pretty bad. Um, Jack Flaherty, Luke mentioned, I remember, um, you know, 2021, I covered a few Cardinals games, and and a few of those were Jack Flaherty starts. And the first month and a half or so, like, he was in the Cy Young conversation. He was fantastic. So he has that ability to be, like, someone that pitches in the Cy Young, that's in the Cy Young conversation. The Cubs don't really have that right now, at least on paper. Um, but the Cardinals do, but it's also a question of can he stay healthy because he really hasn't uh, for the last couple of years. Um, Jordan Montgomery was really good with the Cardinals. I feel I think you feel good about that about him, and and they got some good guys. Uh, I don't remember, I don't know how to say his last name. Matthew Libertor, uh, something like that is how you say it. Like he's right. probably yeah. gonna, he'll probably be in that rotation too, but he's also a young guy, doesn't have a whole lot of big league experience. So um, I think maybe top one hundred prospect. Yeah. Yeah. I think when you look at it, the depth, I think I like the again, the Cubs depth a lot more. I, I, but I think also I think the Cubs have, as far as depth go, they're in the higher end of the teams in, in the majors, I think, as far as like depth and guys that you feel comfortable starting games. Um, the Cubs, the, the Cardinals may have higher end pitching when, when it's all said and done. But again, that's what, that's why you play the games, right? That's why you play baseball because stuff happens throughout the year that if you don't have the depth, you have to have really good injury luck, and we'll see if the Cardinals have that. The Cardinals may have um, better pitchers for the postseason if they get there. Like they may have a better rotation to throw out for playoff yeah. games than the Cubs do. But for if you're talking about regular season impact, I think the Cubs can hang with them. So that's I don't. That's where I think they've one of the areas where I think they've been able to shrink the gap between the Cardinals and themselves in the offseason is by adding all that depth in the rotation. If injuries happen, which they almost certainly do for every team throughout the season, the Cubs may be um, better equipped to handle it than they have been in other years. Ryan, where do you get your dope merch other than the CHGO locker? Where do you get your dopest merch? Uh, My dopest merch. So I was actually thinking about this. If Devin Hester – were to have made the Hall of Fame, mm. that would have been a really awesome place to probably go get some dope merch, some dope Devin Hester merch. Yeah, yeah he didn't anyway, but I'm still going to go check it out, and you should too. It's Foco, Chicago. You've already got the best coverage for your favorite team, so get fitted out in the best sports gear around. Foco's got you covered from Soldier Field to the living room, north side or south side, with hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. 
Get decked out like Damar with apparel from the leader in sports merch and collectibles, Foco. Looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life? Foco's got you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. Check out Foco.com or click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Yeah, Foco, I'm telling you, they would have had some good stuff coming up if Devin Hester had made the Hall of Fame, but... You know the the hall the hall wants to keep him out for whatever reason. He's the best. He, he was the best. He was the best at what he was asked to do in the history of football, and they don't they don't want to recognize it. He's the best. He's he's like Hall of Famer in my book. Uh, by Mike the Dunn way, says he got the uh, Dansby Swanson bobblehead from Foco. There you go. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, with with the Bulls doing nothing at the trade deadline, I'm now convinced that adding Hayden Wisniewski is is obviously a way better trade even though we sat there going what they didn't trade the big guys they didn't trade the big guys we expected more happened for the cubs certainly than it did for the bulls because they had nothing happen yep is it passed well, is it over nothing happened I, th- I think it's i think it's done that he's he's standing was, pat. i thought it was i, was I thought it was until three central no. i believe i thought it was three eastern no mm, i, I want to say it was that so yeah huh. i don't know i don't know i don't think they're doing anything that's what i'm saying you are uh, CHGO Bulls account. Go follow them. CHGO underscore Bulls. They're the experts. Tweeted out video. The 2 p.m. NBA trade deadline passes without news of any Bulls moves. That was seven minutes ago. There you go. Mm-hmm. See you later. Mm-hmm. All right. Damn so- it, no D Rose. <laughs> I was hoping for no D Rose. <laughs> Unreal. So we talked about um, we've talked about prospect lists multiple times this offseason. The newest one from ESPN and who's the writer? Kylie McDaniel. Yeah, they go. Kyler McDaniel goes one one hundred and fifty players for they don't they don't do top one hundred top one fifty. The Cubs have nine players in the top one fifty, and again, while I will try to tell everybody just relax, don't get too excited, don't get too disappointed by any top one hundred whatever any prospect list that comes out. Don't let it impact your daily life. <laughs> I like the sound of nine guys in the top 150, but keep in mind it, it it's good. It's it's very good, but the other teams in the division, the Reds, the Pirates, the Cardinals, they have six. So it's not like the other teams in the division have nobody in the top 150. Mm-hmm. They've improved the farm system. We can all agree on that. We think they're going to get much better. Am I – Doing cartwheels over nine guys in the top 150? No, but are you sure? I was surprised to see Jordan Wicks is like number two on it on their list. Yeah, I was excited to see it because I number think he deserves. Maybe, maybe he's yeah. the guy who isn't getting enough respect as a prospect. Mm. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, guys, this guy's a first round pick, uh, left handed. Like he, he, I know he doesn't throw 99, but. He has all the makings to be a very solid starter at the major league level. I don't know if he can be a top end guy, but if the Cubs were taking him in the first round, they saw something in him a few years ago. So I I think he could he could make some sort of impact on this team if they're in it. I think he can be something for them midseason. So we'll see. I'm excited to see him yeah. on there. Uh excited the I saw that video of Kevin Alcantara yesterday. Brendan like took it and put it next like to uh Sammy Sosa, like he took two side by side videos. Early. It's a little I early. I, I was like, I'm, all I'm saying is, is like, thank God on Twitter, like 
not that I'm going and looking for it, but like you can see some shit on Twitter if you know what I mean. And that was yeah. that was that was some shit. Like what 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 uh, what that video gave me was. Don't tell Chill. me that the Cubs don't have star potential in in on the farm somewhere, like because watching this guy swing the bat and make contact with the baseball. I don't care if this is batting practice. This guy, there's something in this guy, and uh, we'll see. Unfortunately, we wait everybody gets so excited from a slow mo swing at a BP <laughs> pitch. Come on, like I don't want to be Captain Buzzkill here, but it's a slow mo of a pitch through a machine, like. <laughs> This is all we got, Stock. We're so desperate for something (laughs) of star quality that it's just that we're going to slow-mo one swing from BP, and it's not even technically spring training yet. All right. Well, let's go to our guy, Greg Huss. He's tweeted about Kevin Alcantara before, and he believes he could be a top 20 prospect in baseball by the end of the year. I'm not. Oh, I'm not saying anything about star power, potential, or star power, or any of that. Like, I hope he's better than Sammy Sosa. I hope he's the <laughs> the greatest prospect in the history of the Cubs farm system. I'm just saying, one slow mo picture of the guy, one tiny slow mo gif of the guy in Arizona before spring training starts. I can't say I got chills from it. <laughs> well, everyone in the oh. chat saying 460 feet, which I didn't know. So if it was like. Yeah. What I would, what I would want to see, what I would want to see is like, uh, like a, I guess like a frame by frame kind of like, how is that? How is this swing? Like, is it improved from previous swings? Because you know when prospects get in the system, like does they have to yeah. tinker with like everything, right? I want to see what this one looks like compared to what what it was when he first got in the system, or system, or even last couple of years, whatever. Um, but back onto that prospect list, and you mentioned how they have nine in the top one hundred and fifty, right? Mm-hmm. You look at like the top 120 they have they have six right they have you know they have the top three P- pca jordan wicks and kevin alcantara in this top 100 but then christian hernandez hayden wasneski owen casey are all between 113 and 118 and the way i look at it is when people are freaking out about top 100 lists and oh how do the cubs only have three top 100 prospects it's like what's the difference between number 100 and number 113 no 100 160 i guess they're like there really isn't much, right? There's not that much space in between them. So you would look at it. You, you, I'm glad that Kylie McDaniel kind of balances out even more to the top 150 because you can see that the Cubs have a lot of guys who are right on the cusp of being top 100. They're not, they're not absolute top 100 prospects, whatever, but they're right on the cusp, right? And in big years, you know, guys, guys at the top of the list will graduate and that happens. Guys somewhere in the middle of the list will graduate and that happens too. That opens up spots. But then if these guys start to have really, really good years, you can there's definitely scenarios where those guys force their way into the top 100. So just because the Cubs only had three on most of these lists doesn't mean there's not four or five-ish guys right on the outside ready to hop in there. We got a Fernando super chat. With a super chat, right? Yeah. Can we just have hopes from the video? Give us that. I apologize if I – maybe I misphrased this, Fernando. <laughs> I don't want to tell you how to cub. If you want to go go around running around your living room, yelling Alcantara, Alcantara, Alcantara. If you want to do that, go ahead and do it. I'm just saying it didn't give me chills. That's how I'm cubbing. I'm watching it saying it's a gif of a guy in slow-mo taking batting practice before spring training. It's not getting me super excited, but if it gets you 
just so excited that you're ready to run out the front door and take all your clothes off and yell on Contra out in the middle of the street. Well, A, you might get arrested, but B, go ahead. I don't care. Well, Kalata also brings us down saying, I hit a 16-inch softball 310 feet, so what? So thank you, thank Kalata, you for always me. keeping us grounded. Um, all I was saying, though, is that there's a lot of people that don't think there's, like, star potential in terms of like guys who are coming, I'm not necessarily saying this year, but even next year, I feel like people were saying that it's like, I don't know how anyone can see that based off what we saw from PCA last year. And even, even Alcantara and Myrtle beach, where I think Greg Huss even told us that like, it's hard to hit in yeah. Myrtle beach. So he's going to go to South Bend this year. And if he has a PCA type year there with in a combination of, uh, of double A even maybe if, if that happens, then, then you're like, wow, we got two studs in the outfield. And then you really got to start asking like, what are you going to do with Ian Happ? But that's a conversation for whenever. I'm just saying that I, I do think that there deserves to, the Cubs deserve a little bit more credit for, for having like actual dudes that could make an impact, like a big impact at the major league level one day. Now, do they have guys who can make an impact this year, like maybe Brennan Davis, but we just we just don't know. He's coming off that injury. I, but he was a top twenty prospect too at one point. So, you know, I I don't know, but I'm just saying the Alcantara video was awesome. That way, I could feel something. Okay. And also, the funny thing is when you when you look at Brennan Davis, like his like last year, and it just like when you just look at it rankings wise, shows you how volatile prospects are, right? Like, yeah, you you. Put your eggs in the basket if you'd like, but like don't don't live or die by Kevin Alcantara's ability to hit 460 home run for home runs, right? Like like that may not happen every time, but he does have some star power. I'll give you that. And I think you, the, everyone's talking about him hitting in Myrtle Beach, a historically hard place for minor leaguers to hit. Like that's pre, that's a pretty big deal. Um, so, you, but don't put your eggs all in that basket. Like, yeah. like let let him let yeah. him develop and. and you know, give it a couple years, and, and then you can get really excited for him. Well, now wait, Ryan. Now you're telling him how to cub. We don't want to tell everybody how to cub. <laughs> All right, I'm, 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 I'm talking to myself. I'm telling okay, myself. You're talking to yourself. Okay, I understand. He's talking about to get too excited. We already, we've already reached the one-hour mark, but I have an important question before we leave, and that is for everybody. Today is National Pizza Day. Ooh. Give me your pizza. I don't care if you're telling me where it's from, what the pizza is, whether you what you could tell me it's deep dish, you could tell me it's thin crust. I'll tell you this: mine is never folded. Mine is a Chicago pizza. It's going to come in squares. And if I have my favorite pizza, here's what my favorite pizza is. I like all the Chicago places. I like deep dish. I like thin crust. What I don't like is Papa John's, Pizza Hut, Domino's. Like those are the ones. I'm not going to waste my time on that. I'm trying to eat better. So if I'm eating pizza, I'm going sausage, onion, bacon, basil. Mm. Tom Waddle calls it the SOB, the sausage, onion, bacon. That's a great combo. I started with that. But now I've added just a dash of basil. The S-O-double-B is my pizza. <laughs> sausage, onion, bacon, so basil. Swab. Go for swab, it. Swab. I can I'm Sob. picking one. I'm going. Uh, Luke, you actually may know this place. Vinny's Pizza, Elk Grove Village, right on the corner. Oh, yeah. Like Heights, jars, Higgins. Yeah. Meat lovers, full slice. Mm. I, lo I love every pizza. Pretty much it's really hard for me to not like a pizza, but that's mm. my number one. I grew Can up on it. you still buy single slice it. there? 
that's a single yeah. slice place. Yeah, it's it's saying, slice, single, right? single single full slice of meat lovers pizza. I think it's mm. bacon, bacon sausage, pepperoni, maybe hams on it. I'm not sure, but single mm. full slice of of Vinny's meat lovers pizza. You got me, Cody. You got to do some pizza for the Super Bowl. What's it going to be? All right, uh, we here, me and her, we get thin crust from Lou Malnati's, and it's usually cheese. Um, that's not my decision. That's hers. Uh, if it was up well, to me, it'd be that's what I'm asking. What? How do you pizza? <laughs> if, if you're order, if if she's out of town, say like in Mexico for a wedding that you can't get to, what what is the pizza you're ordering at home to make yourself feel better? I'm probably getting me lovers thin crust from thin Lou Malnati's. From Malnati's. Since I've moved, since I've lived in Chicago, Lou Malnati's is the is is always been my go-to. That said, everyone knows I'm from downstate and uh, in the middle of nowhere. And uh, for anyone listening that might live downstate, y'all know what Monocles is, and uh, it's it's a treasure downstate. That's all I'm going to say. Ryan, have you ever had Tortorices? I've never had Tortorices. Oh, There's one that's Mount not Perfect. far from me. I think it's on Irving Park. I've thought Monocles about something solid. Sounds good. Yeah, I, I love pizza. Anyway, I'm gonna get starving. some today. I've actually thought about trying a new place today. So, uh, yeah, DM me some ideas. That's in yeah, on the north side. Send me places on the north side, north of Irving Park Road. Thank you. Don't fold your pizza. Thanks no. for checking out the CHGO Cubs podcast presented Where's by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Make sure you download the app. Use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Brendan and Corey, I'll have another podcast for you coming up on Friday. We'll see you back here on Monday. And don't forget the Hayden Westneski interview is coming next week. Until then, fly to W.